I'm Phil Reed from Steve Jackson Games, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica talk about what they would change in the Dragonlance setting. In the news, more Dragonlance previews, new Dungeons & Dragons toys have been announced, the original Forgotten Realms map has been found, Cyborg hardcover release has been announced, and more, plus a brand new sketch about a party member's disappointing performance. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week's podcast is sponsored by the League for the Rehabilitation of Fantasy Villains. From Lord Soth to Bargle the Infamous, Wenger to Verminard, and Vecna to Artemis and Terry. The League promises to rebrand, reform, and relaunch your murderous career into something softer and more suited to the modern world. Hmm. Maybe I should join. I'm more villainous than all of them put together. Which of them made a giant rat colossus, huh? Huh? All the tabletop role-playing news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is Peter Coffee from the Southampton Guild Roleplayers. Russ, as ever, it's a delight to be here, and here joining us again, we have the amazing, the indomitable, is one, the only, a fully functional. <laughs> Fully functional, I'm not sure. But it is me, Jessica, from EM Publishing. Yeah, maybe maybe eighty percent functional. <laughs> yeah. uh, the death star on my who works. <laughs> I have the COVID, uh, but I am reliably informed that it does not uh transmit via airwaves, uh so we should be fine with me recording here. Separately. You say that, but I had it two weeks ago. And then you had it after me. I and did. We I did seen not each see him. Yeah, that's true. We saw each other via Zoom. Therefore, are you sure it doesn't transmit via the airwaves? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure of anything, but I have not <laughs> been reliably informed that this is the case. So I'm just <laughs> well, going by what. Well, we have one piece of anecdotal evidence to the contrary. Well, that must be true. Put it on the internet. <laughs> Um, all right then. That's yeah. all you need. That's all you need. That's yeah, all the sorry, you need. Sorry, I wasn't here last week. It was uh, I woke up and I was feeling absolutely terrible. So well, you looked and sounded absolutely terrible too. I don't think you saw or heard me on Friday. I just messaged you, being like, "I am not doing the <laughs> I saw podcast." Saw you a couple of days later. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you saw me on Monday, good. and I uh, that was after, <laughs> that was after much improvement. Yeah. <laughs> Right, anyway, should we get on with some listener questions? Or a listener question? Yes. Can I get too greedy? Not multiple listener questions. One listener question. Did You You said you found one this week, Jess. What have you found? I did. Uh, on social media. So the question is from David Smith, who I actually do know in person, full disclosure. But it was a good question, so we'll answer it. And it is, what famous people would you like to play uh, with in an RPG? And it was interesting to me because this week, Russ and I have been talking about castings for an upcoming actual play we are planning. And Which is so hard, did you think? It is. Uh, well, I've done <laughs> this a lot before, and this is the first time Russ got involved as the as you'll be the narrator. And it is a bit mm. of a process, so it's not quite as simple as, yeah. But yeah. Especially scheduling. Scheduling's hard. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's scheduling. It's people's availability, and it's um, if you're trying to find new people you've not uh, seen before, you want to go 
watch them doing something but whenever you load up the video it'll inevitably be a bit where they're not speaking and you're constantly oh, buffering so, and scrolling so, so Jess would send me like these three hour videos of these groups playing and say oh it's that one in the top left corner and this is the person I'm, I'm considering asking so I'm going to sit there and I'm just like I can't watch three hour video I haven't got time so I'm scrubbing through just stopping every sort of four or five minutes four or five minutes four or five minutes just trying to find a spot where that person is talking and oh. inevitably I'll go through the entire video and they won't have said a word at any of the points where I <laughs> <laughs> and that happened with multiple videos as well. Lots and lots of times. And I'm like, I, I don't know how to make this process any easier. So that was that was part of my week. That was fun. But anyway, the, our question was, who would we like to cast who's famous? Mm. So is this on a live stream or just in person? Or both or either? Because I think I'd choose maybe slightly different for different purposes. It's unspecified. So let's do one for each that you suggested there. So, so for so- live stream, I go for some like quite performative actors. Yes. Who were really fun, mm-hmm. and probably I, I, I like actors with like really distinct speech patterns. Mm-hmm. So I like like the Brian Blessings and the Matt Berry's and the William Shatner's and, yeah, the, yeah. and the Christopher Walkens and you know these people that talk weird, yeah, but in a really good way. I say I say it like that's a derogatory. It's not derogatory, derogatory at all. I wish I had an awesome weird speech pattern like that, but I don't. A distinctive, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking, yeah. So sure. that's what I would do. I, I, I go, I, yeah, probably those four. That's four white, white guys, which is unfortunate. But well, that's, that's a lot that's of tabletop my... RPG streaming. So you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. What about you? For actual plays, Peter, if you want to jump in, because I'm my brain's still okay. performing. I would say probably Aubrey Plaza and Stephanie Beatrice would mm. be probably my first two picks, mm. just for laconic and deeply murderous vibes, which yes. I feel really, really helps right. set Stephanie the tone Beatrix with. is Brooklyn 999. Orby Plaza is... Oh, she's in She's Parks and Rec. She's very famous for. Yes. yes, that's probably one of Parks and Rec. Who was she on Parks and Rec? I have seen that. She, was, she, was, she, was, the, she was the assistant. The intern. She, she, she just glares at people with a horrendous <laughs> death stare. Oh, oh right, yes. Gotcha, yeah. 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 And any yeah. sort of yeah. live stream, like, yeah, yeah. Just, just having a uh, glaring at you for a couple hours would be intensely amusing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, at least me. I don't know. I'm special. Fair enough. Okay, that's true. You need at least a couple more, though. That's true. I do. Uh, who else entertains me? I'm just trying to think of someone who's not dead. <laughs> that's a bit of a problem, isn't it? Well, there, there are, didn't, there aren't many didn't, people who aren't dead, are there? It's hard to think of people who aren't there's dead. There's more well, people actually, that are dead than are not. Yeah, uh, not, a lot of my... It's not been a good couple of years for some of my favourite actors. Well, mm. let's, this is a hypothetical question. Let's pretend you can like cast Ray, you can cast Ray's dead. Yeah. And you they you can cast people on. from history if you like. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think Robbie Coltrane would have been like a really yeah, solid choice. Fun. Yeah, like yeah, you know, it's not, like not, not not quite what a lot of people would be expecting, but I think maybe a bit of humour to mm. levity the uh, the dark the deadpan effect that's going on on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and who would make a good foil for the rest? Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson could be fun. Mm, like maybe, uh, like Blackadder era Rowan yeah. Atkinson. Yeah, he's being. I could go with that. Yeah, and Mr. he's playing. And he's playing Blackadder. Yeah, Mr. Bean era Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, not so much. No, yeah. no. Okay. Uh, okay. But Rick Bale. Yeah. Yeah, that would yeah, be fun. that would bring a lot of balance to the force. Rick Mayo, as in young ones, Rick Mayo, Rick Mayo as, as, as in, in Blackadder, Black Lord Flashheart, very much Lord Flashheart. Flashheart. <laughs> I, I mean, just think about it. You got those two, Lord Flashheart, Rory Coltrane, and it's sort of it, it's it's just pure you chaos. You would get a word in edgewise. Perfect. 
<laughs> it's like that's my ideal game where I as a GM do basically <laughs> I'll be, nothing I'll be a spectator <laughs> I, I, I feed entire amounts of plot and occasionally give ask for a skill check and then they do all the work for me and that is like my ideal game and everyone's mm. really happy because they've been role playing their socks off for a couple of hours with occasional bit of combat thrown in fish yeah. you've just described my table for my <laughs> for my level up group that's pretty much what happens Dave chooses wisely he, he yeah. does so he who, does who, who, who are you going to cast, Jess? And you can include history. I think, just to be interesting, I would have a cast of people that all have red or ginger hair, but we would just Ooh. never acknowledge it. Right. <laughs> just just for, for, for fun. Cause, like, oh, I've got being a couple of Twitter group. comedians that would suit you right down to the Catherine ground. Catherine yeah. Bohart I'd invite. Because okay. I think she's she's a comedian, and I kind of have a crush on her anyway, so maybe that's, maybe that's not unprofessional. But anyway, that's the point. Um, so I'd I'd definitely invite them. They can come along. Ed Sheeran, because a famous redhead. Why not? Play a bard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, he doesn't have to play a bard. But he can sing! He can play a warlock. Well, we'd all probably be playing maybe warlocks, because we're all uh, redheads, so we're all evil. Um, uh, okay. Oh, are you also left-handed? I've never seen no. Kevin Bohop. No. You're not fully evil, then. You're only half evil. Well, uh, only half evil. Just can be sinister if she wants to be. Um, thank you. Thank you for your permission, Peter. Um, maybe uh, I would get Chucky as well, the evil doll, another famous redhead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe also Jerry Halliwell, because... Well, if we're including, well, if we're including puppets, well, I'll probably get half the Muppets in. <gasps> I, I, I mean, Imagine I, a I, game I, with the cast of the Muppets. I, I, I could suggest Eleanor Morton from Twitter, who mm-hmm. does... Uh, Craig, the Scottish tour guide, is quite possibly one of the funniest. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's very funny. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, what's it, Alistair Beckett? Something. He's 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 also very redheaded, and uh, might be a bit cheaper to get. I don't know. Alistair Beckett King, that's his name. Um, And uh, yeah, he he, he seems like he'd be up for a bit. I bet he probably already plays D and D. Well, there we go. I think we have successfully cast. Three excellent live streams, which will be coming to your screen so very e- soon. Via Ian, like, you'll be shocked to know Russ didn't accept all my 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 suggestions for casting. So Chucky, yes. the evil possessed doll, will not be in Ian Live's upcoming live streams. Yeah, I'm probably going to need to find more people who are less dead. Shall we move on? We've answered this question. We have we yes. have successfully cast three live streams of famous people. Oh, well, I do have a bit of news, which is related to a live stream, in fact. Uh, okay, well, let's start with the news. I'm going to start with your bit of news. Go, go, go. Yeah, I'm actually... Go Gadget News. I'm actually appearing on a live stream. Goodness me. Is for supporting the Seattle, the Seattle Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, a friend of a friend needed a spare player, so I will be appearing on Sunday, this coming Sunday, which mm-hmm. is the 6th of November... Mm-hmm. Um, on the twitch.tv slash dumpstat charisma live stream. Mm. So, yeah. Are you playing D&D, are you? Or what yeah, are you yes, we're playing, I'm playing a level four character d and I will be playing Lady Diana, um, because that was the last one left. <laughs> right, pre-gens. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, shall, shall we break out of my uh, best or worst Irish or possibly Welsh accent? I'm still working on it. It's quite hard for me to do women's voices because I tend to be a bit, in my opinion, pitched a bit low for that, but I'll give it a whirl. Fair enough. 
I might, I might even go full Mrs. Doyle. I don't know. <laughs> ah, go on. You will. <laughs> Wonderful. So that is this Sunday. Yes. What time did you say again? Oh, uh, it's uh, 12 p.m. GMT. So that is an unbelievably early 7, 7 a.m. start if you are on the east coast of America. And if you're going to get up, I do not recommend getting up at 4 a.m. to watch me be in a game of D&D. <laughs> If you're already up, you might as well. But or it's maybe 4 if you haven't gone to bed. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Or maybe just an early riser. Or you've got insomnia. I, yeah. oh, but I, I, I do my best not to put people to sleep. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I actually get to play the game. Woo. That does sound fun. Yeah. All right then. Sue, news. We have more from the Firehose of Dragonlance news. <sighs> Excite. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have three bits of Dragonlance news. Oh, what's number Sue. one? Item number one is Wizard of the Coast released a video introducing Lord Soth. Oh, Russ, you must be so excited. Honic Death Knight. Um, they did introduce it with the words Lord Soth is Tiamat's favourite Death Knight, which was a slight slip that way about. Um, okay, yes, that is a choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, he's, he's a bit upgraded from the original. Um, Not Tiamat's favourite Death Knight is the yeah. problem. So, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, he now rides instead of a nightmare steed, mm-hmm. he now rides a death dragon. Right, metal, and he's able to resurrect dead dragons as death dragons. Right, that sounds fun. Uh-huh. Um, yes. Did Did you ever play Death Knights of Kryn, the video game? No, no, no. That I haven't. Does either. have a solid name though. So this was, um, probably was like back in the eighties, maybe nineties or something. One of those SSI gold box video games, ages and ages oh. ago. There was. There's quite a few dragon hunts, hunts. but uh, Death Knights of Queen was a major inspiration for parts of this adventure. Right. So, yeah, so if, if you don't know Lord Soth... Um, I don't I mean, personally you, know. It, yeah, I mean, but if you know Lord Vader, you're like 90% of the way there. Then, then you know Lord Soth, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool, okay. Yeah. You know Darth a Vader, very you know melodramatic young man is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So he, he, he rides Strong and brings back energy. his... And these Sorry. death dragons. And then these death dragons, their breath weapon kills you and makes you part of Lord Soth's undead army. Well, there's a recruitment That's, strategy. Yeah. Sounds like there's a sort of a snowball effect that could go it's, on there. It's efficient, shall we say. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's Lord Soth. So Lord Soth, basically, iconic death knight. He's a death knight illustrated in the Monster Manual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was a knight of Salamnia. Mm. Um, he could have prevented the cataclysm, but didn't. Because he was, oh, I remember the story now. He was pouting. jealous, jealous because he mistakenly thought his wife was cheating on him. Oh, for went off to save, stop the cataclysm. Got halfway there, changed his mind because he was so mad. Came back, killed his wife. Good Is Lord. that right? Uh, Something like um, that. Uh, and then the cataclysm happened, and then he was cursed forever to be a death knight as punishment. Yeah. I think I think that was the story. Pouting. Yeah, yeah. No. It's, it's not that different to Anakin Skywalker and Padme, is it? It's not. Well, neither of them are very good to their wives. <laughs> the themes are very, very similar. Mm. Neither of them are good husbands. No. no. I'll say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bombshell dropped. Controversy erupts. Not, not, so not husband material. I'm not, yeah, they're not. That's just not, you know, if anyone's planning on getting married and wants to behave that way, don't. I think, <laughs> yes, k- k- killing your wife is not good husband material. Yeah. I feel, this, I, feel this is re- 
I, I feel this is like setting the bar quite low. Here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Peter. That's the minimum. That's the minimum required. It's on the floor. It's on the floor. Yeah. But yeah. okay, yeah. so what do you what do you think about the updates to Lord Soth thing? Because I, I am obviously learning about Dragon as I'm coming in here, but Russ, you. Um, I mean, yeah. it feels a little more. Hmm. It's got more dragons in it. Yeah. And that's actually been quite missing from Dungeons and Dragons for a while. I think some of the iconic images of Lord Soth, though, like Lord Soth's yeah. Charge, you remember that particular um, piece of art, which has Lord Soth leading his skeletal legions into battle. And it's a really, really great piece by Keith Parkinson. Uh, it's like really, I think I've got a link to it. Hang on a sec. They're riding horses with glowing red eyes and nostrils. Mm. Got Lord Soth with the trademark face mask. Obviously, very socially responsible in this uh, time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and glowing red eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe just had bad breath. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but just yeah, skeletons. So, yeah. I'm not one hundred percent sure how I feel about the upgrade because I feel it changes his flavour a little bit. Maybe I don't know. I'd have to see what they are doing with it. Well, they, they felt he could do with a better ride. Mm, I guess so. Uh, Dragons so. will give him someone to talk to when he's monologuing. Yeah, yeah. Better audience than the horse. <laughs> I guess oh, so. I, feel. I guess so. Also, yeah. on mm. Dragonlance, so some videos came out last week when I was with the plague about the knights and the mages. So mages instead of wizards. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Oh, we here. I'll catch up yeah. on that then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was last week. Okay. Um, there was something about a fly, the Flying Citadel, a video came up. Mm-hmm. And then Wizard of the Coast took it down again a few a few days later. We don't mm-hmm. know why. Did someone... It just mysteriously got taken down again. Maybe it was an but auto video... post that went off a bit early. I've done that. I don't know. I don't know. It might be. Um, so um, in this video, they reveal that the adventure in Shadow of the Dragon Queen mm-hmm. is the story of the first flying citadel. Mm. And they say there's a lot of parallels between the movie Rogue One and this adventure and they call the Flying Citadel the Star Destroyer of Dragonlance. What? So they're really leaning into that Darth Vader thing. Yeah. But why yeah, are they calling it the Star Destroyer? I, mean, I think they probably meant Death, the Death Star. That seems like kind of a Ricky error to make. I don't know. Like, uh, no. what, what, so, one is like the Empire's superweapon, and the other's like a, a scary but impressive battleship. Yeah. yeah. So, well, in this adventure, so the forces of the Dragon Queen, Tarkesis, yeah. led by Lord Soth. Yeah. And Ned Soth didn't lead Tarkesis's force did, no. did he he was well, he wasn't she, even she had the dragon her, general she wasn't even in her organisation he no. was just kind of allied with her and sort of no. yeah he, but, he was like you hate the world I hate the world I guess I can tolerate uh, you uh, yeah, yeah. Our, uh, our, our plans coincide for the moment so. yeah yeah like yeah. Cl- classic, classic villain of well you know allies of convenience but no I mean like the dragon lords were Leading the yeah, armies. Yeah, the dra- Dragon Highlords are yeah. the ones that led the armies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, anyways, um, they launch a foray into Salamnia to get at a forgotten ruin called the City of Lost Names, which is an ancient Istarian flying city. Okay. Istarian. Hmm. Yes. Okay, so yeah. pre-cataclysm then. Pre-cataclysm, yeah, because yeah, Istar doesn't exist anymore in Dragonlands. But they dropped a mountain got, on it. Because they dropped a mountain on it, yeah. F. Wesley Schneider... Says from Wizards of the Coast says that like Star Wars, Dragon Answers are setting at war. He says like Star Wars, there's always a war. In this story, um, the characters are in a story as yet untold in Dragon Lance, where they are the main motivators who turn the tide of the war. So the summary of what you're saying so far, Russ, is they are comparing Dragon Lance to Star Wars. Yes. Great. 
I've always said Dragonlance and Star Wars are similar. There's so many similarities between Dragonlance and Star Wars. Do you think they listen to the podcast and that's why they've decided to go that route to their press release? I think that they do not listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The chances that they listen to the podcast are very, very, very slim. Are they the same? I guess Luke starts off a bit whiny and Tainis Half-Elven is always whiny, so maybe that's the similarity. What? Darth Vader I, oh, is the one. Oh, no, my name's Tainis Harfield. My life is so painful. I have two women who are constantly fighting over my affections. Bloody hell. <laughs> well, yeah. what? Anyway. What? It's true. It does. I was like, looking back at it, I'm like, yeah. Chap didn't know it. Lucky. Anyway. 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 Dragonlance so is coming out on the 6th of December, so it's soon. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So the other bit of Dragonlance news. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the Dragonlance creators, the original Dragonlance creators, Michael Royce and Tracy Hickman. Yeah. Talked to the Dragonlance Nexus this week and revealed why the World of Quinn features no orcs. Because they didn't want orcs in? Basically. That is basically what it was. Yeah. Um, they said orcs were also viewed as very Middle Earth. Yeah. We wanted yeah. something different. And then Hickman added that it's draconians, which made Quinn stand out as the iconic bad guys instead of orcs. Yeah. So I basically mean, the reason was literally just they were writing it and they thought they didn't want to make it too much like Middle Earth, so they used yeah. draconians instead of orcs. Yeah, I mean, they got goblins and hobgoblins as well. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, so it does that seem it. like it's worth a... I don't know if they've got bugbears, but yeah, it's like, what what's, what's your goblinoid problem that you don't have orcs in? Well, this, of course, as it had to do, started an internet-wide argument about whether you should include everything in a D&D setting or whether you shouldn't, and people who think that you should include everything mm-hmm. in a D&D setting feel very, very strongly about that, and people who feel you shouldn't feel very, very strongly about that too, and the two sides will never agree. They'll just repeat themselves at each other constantly mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Yes. <laughs> Peter, have you and, been on uh, the front line of Reddit seeing this? I, I've seen, like, people saying things like every GM should allow every single class in every single game, which I mm. disagree with, mm-hmm. and every possible race from fifth edge should be in every single game, which I'm like, well, I can see your point, but no, not really. What if you're playing in a Tolkien-inspired setting? Would you have Dragonborn and Tieflings running around? Doesn't um, fit, does it? I, I mean, if people, I, I, if somebody came to me with that character, I'd, I'd ask them, "What are you trying to get out of this? What's, what's your vibe that you're after?" Mm. And then see if we could meet them halfway to reskin it. Mm. But on the whole, like, if I've laid out these are the things that are okay in this game, then I don't expect people to just come up with some random stuff, which means that they haven't paid a blind bit of notice. I've been in games yeah. like that, and I just found it very jarring. Yeah, I think some settings do the kitchen sink thing very well. Forgotten Realms, for example. Playing the Forgotten Realms, if you play Forgotten pick Realms, pick anything from anywhere. Yeah, fine, mm-hmm. yeah. totally fine. Make totally makes sense. But if you're playing in a more sort of thematically constrained setting, I mean, I've had so much fun in thematically constrained settings. Mm. One was where the players just got together and decided we're all going to be kobolds, and mm. that was an immense amount of fun. Mm. Just with like five people role playing murder toddlers at each other. And the GM was like, yeah, okay, you, you're, you're all crazy. Let's lean into it. Let's go. And the other was someone, it was all about, the GM said, well, it's about reclaiming a lost dwarven hold. Mm. Would you all like to play dwarves? And everyone mm. said, yes, yes, we will. One mm. person played a halfling. But, you know, halflings and dwarves, were, it's like there's a, there's, a height, there's a height restriction that we uh, grandfathered them in. And also we've got the Hobbit, 
who says you can have a partridge walls with at least one halfling, and that's legit. And I'm and not going wizard. to go A halfling and a wizard you can have. Well, we had, we, oh, I suppose we had like a, a human monk. So it's like, well, good, good luck with the, uh, good luck with the fact that we're playing in the Underdark most of the time and we don't want to put the lights on. Mm. Which you knew before you made your character. Yeah. Did yeah. you want to be blind all the time? Yes. <laughs> oh, dear me. Yeah. But anyway, that's probably the Dragonlance news for this week. Yes. I'm sure there'll be some more next week because it's coming out constantly. I still mm. don't know why they took that video down about the um, um, Blind Citadel. Blind Citadel. Yeah. But it was up for a few days, so plenty of people saw it before they took it down. Maybe it was just no, meant to be scheduled somewhere else. and Maybe. Or maybe they realised there was something in it that was wrong or incorrect or inaccurate or something. I don't but, know. But the internet hasn't noticed. Goodness. Or maybe they just decided it was too spoilery or something. Okay. I mean... I don't know. I don't know. Guessing stuff. Weird, weird, weird choices. Weird choices. Mm. But we're talking about it, so I guess their marketing strategy continues to work. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. it was just something to make us question it, like you say. Yeah. yeah. So I've got a little bit of Forgotten Realms news. Oh, I don't know about so, this. So, this is the first map of the Forgotten Realms. Oh, yeah. Oh. And this thing went missing for years. Mm-hmm. And then it got recovered. So basically, um, the first map of the Forgotten Realms was created by Ed Greenwood. Yeah. In the 1980s. Yeah. And he mailed it in sections to TSR after he sold the setting to the company for the $5,000 we talked about in the previous episode. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then it went missing. And years later, it ended up hanging in a pub near Madison, Wisconsin. Uh Okay. So Ben Riggs, D&D historian who wrote Slaying the Dragon, history of D&D and TSR. Yeah. Um, talks about the history of the map on his blog. His blog. So mm. this map is known, famously known, as the Martin map. And the reason is that because it was saved by TSR's Forgotten Realms editor, Julia Martin, mm-hmm. when Jeff Grubb, who was the Lent custodian of the map at TSR, left TSR in 95, mm. and he just left the map hanging in his cubicle, and it probably would have ended up in the bin. Right. Uh, but she kept hold of it and yes. took it to Seattle when Wizards of the Coast bought TSR. Ah. So yes. it's, a, it's a hand-drawn map. Right. In lots of sections, lots of pieces of paper. And, mm. just, and you know, he, he rolled them up into tubes and mailed them to TSR one at a time, the bits of the map. And it's not exactly the same as the modern um, Forgotten Realms. It has been tweaked over the years mm. since, and there are some differences. Yeah. But it is kind of really interesting just to see the map and what it looked like back then. Let me give you a quick link so you can see it. Mm-hmm. You see, it literally is hand drawn. I guess on the news summary, and, is it? And big. The one with like hi- mm. it looks like almost like highlighter pens around the edge. I felt yeah, it's like yeah. felt tips and black ink and stuff. Oh, that's so charming. Yeah, I really like that. Okay, yeah, that's, completely that's really hand drawn. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I like the little roads as marks as well. Yeah, mm. tribal. Ah. It reminds Rude me a bit room. of the Fall of Magic. You know that game with the map that you mm. roll out and it's like a hand drawn map and it's all in black and black and white and things. Mm. It reminds me of that. Mm. Nice. Yeah, it's it's, it's a very nice cool. Thing. I, wonder, I wonder what it's worth these days. Probably not much, I suppose. Like D&D stuff doesn't tend to accrue in value in the way that some things do. But Maybe, in the, still... maybe in the future. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Well, you can pick up those first edition boxed sets. Mm. Not first edition. Um, not even first edition. Um, original D&D box sets. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The white box set and stuff, and they cost hundreds, over a thousand dollars. If you find one, really, on yeah, they they're not cheap. If you find one for sale, yeah. they're, they're going to cost. It's going to 
cost you a lot. Mm. There we go, if you want that in your collection. Yeah, I wouldn't mind, but I'm not paying that much for one. <laughs> All right, if I find one on the cheap, good to know. <laughs> yeah. It's not likely. <laughs> yeah. All right, hope you've got any more news. Yeah. I, yes, I, I do. Yes. Uh, would you like to go first? Sure. So, do you folks like dice? I hope you're not going to talk about Transformer dice, dragon dicicle things. Oh, oh no, <laughs> no face. Yeah, because well, <laughs> I was going to say before dice. you ruined my reveal. <laughs> do you ever look at your D twenty and wish they would transform into a dragon? Because now they no. can. <laughs> do not. <laughs> I don't know. It's a silly gimmick. It looks kind of fun. I like it. Hasbro have announced some merch for the new Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves movie. And they're like giant D20s and they unfold into like dragons or bear owls or beholders. Yay. And I think it's cool. Okay. Okay. And Russ is is really angry about it because he hates joy, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's his innate curmudgeonly nature why do, you, why do you not like it why are you cosplaying oh, a grumpy old man pointless tat <laughs> this, this coming from the person who has a beast man <laughs> on his desk yeah I do to be fair I do have a beast man on my desk that is true yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so your pointless tat is someone else's pride and that's nostalgic mine is nostalgic pointless tat maybe these it's will be nostalgic for people in the future well in 30 yeah. years perhaps I will say oh I fondly remember these uh, dice that transform into dragons then Not, I, I'll have nostalgic memories of them when I'm like in my 70s or whatever well, I'll get you one for Christmas there you go that's very kind you don't have to which one do you want it's alright you don't have to you want the barrel it's fine okay <laughs> anyway, that was my bit of news, but as that was so well received, let's move on. Peter, what's your news? Um, there is a new Advanced Fit Edition product come out. It is uh, from Roll the Bones Gaming, or Roll Them Bones Gaming, sorry. Uh, Ooh, I know nothing about this. Oh, okay. They are people who worked with DM Sarah on producing hers. Uh, I think it's Lars Torgerson. Drive through RPG informs me, has their name. Lord Morning, if you're on the uh, Discords and so forth. And it's got 14 new archetypes and a brand new non magical intelligence based class called the Scholar. So it's uh, not listed on A5E.tools because I had no idea it existed <laughs> until this moment. Well, you heard it here first, <laughs> Russ. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so I mean, you know, if people have got A5E stuff that they're shouting out, Get in touch, because, uh, you know, I'll tell... You should probably tell Russ, yeah. but... Well, yeah, so if you want to listen on the site, you do need to let me know it exists, because yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I keep my eyes open for this sort of thing, because it looks mm. quite cool, to be honest. So, well, yeah, um, good job. Where is this? Uh, is there's it? a link in the chat. Um, you can get it. It's called Heroes Old and New from Rolling Bones Gaming, and it's available mm-hmm. on Drive Through RPG. Oh, there it is. Thank you. For the princely sum of 10 of your US dollars. Cool. Yeah, I need to have a look. Hey, you know ESPN? Oh, something. Are they a sports channel? Or are they that? Yes. That's okay. a sports network in the Americas. Great. In yes. America. Yes. One of the Americas. Yeah. The North. The United one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one in the middle. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> in, an, in an America. The, the loud one. The loud one. <laughs> I, stop, yeah. I stop now, Russ. Stop now. That's what we're at ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> they ran a segment on Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, okay. So the sports centre um, focused on Cleveland Brown. Mm-hmm. Oh no, no, sorry, well, Cleveland, Browns, Cleveland Browns 
No, sorry, Cleveland Browns fullback. Oh, I think Cleveland Browns is a team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a sports team of some this, kind. This is going great. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns, Russ. The Cleveland Browns. <laughs> it's not right. Not they didn't focus on Cleveland Browns. They sponsored a sports team called the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> fullback. It's a fullback of. Okay, let, let me let American, me take a moment. American football so, team there's a Cleveland there's Browns, a football okay? team called the Cleveland Browns. There's an American football team called the Cleveland yeah. Browns, and yeah. current is it owned by Cleveland Brown? Please be quiet. Because no, he's a I want the players called character. Cleveland Brown. Is Brown there even a player called Cleveland Brown on the team? Maybe we don't know. Not even one. You're derailing and your own news segment. <laughs> some of the current players have yes. a D and D campaign that they are in. So the news segment oh. was about that. So it's about look, these sportsy people play D and D too. Which I think for everyone that plays D and D knows that. People have yes. other hobbies as well as playing D and D, so people mm. do play sports. Um, but Smashing you know, for some people, yeah, yeah. But, but for some people, I think they see them as like sports and um, sports and RPGs being anti each other because it's the the classic stereotype of the jocks and the nerds anti. Whereas now, I think it's all just you can have a range of hobbies that you like. Yeah. But anyway, I, I mean, I mean, jocks have been doing this for ages, like fantasy football. And fantasy baseball are essentially this. Yeah. It's just yeah. D&D has more dragons in. And also three of the football players uh, participated in a charity D&D live stream, much like Peter is oh. going to this weekend. Um, <laughs> they raised $7,000 for Red Nose Day. So there's Ooh, the bar to beat, nice. Peter. Wow. That was, so that was the news. Cleveland Brown plays D&D. Yes. I'll, I'll do my best, but yeah. I can only be so entertaining. It's like, it's a very early slot for America. 7am. Those people are crazy. Love it. So I've got some news about a gaming retailer. Oh, oh I know this so one. So Noble, Noble Knight Games, uh-huh. yes. who I definitely see their name an awful lot. I think they're one of the sort of like most well-known US-based gaming retailers. I think they've got a big store. They sell a lot of current mm-hmm. and old stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got a big, big, big catalogue of old stuff, which they sell as well. Yeah. So their workers mm-hmm. have decided to form a union. Mm-hmm. That was this week. Or on I think it was on Monday. On Monday they on announced Monday. it officially. Yeah. Right. I don't know how big Noble Night Games is. To form a union, I assume you would have a number of employees. I don't know how many they've got at all. I haven't got the faintest idea. But they did, Noble Night Games did say on Wednesday that they're not going to voluntarily recognise that union. Oh, rude. Um, So this will force an election. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's kind of all I know. Um, um, The union says they have support of over 70% of the employees. Mm -hmm. Again, we don't know how many employees that is. We know that that happened at Paizo recently, or in the last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's happened at some video game companies recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a thing that's you know happening more and more often these days when it comes to these smaller companies and these smaller sort of um, niche industry yeah. companies like role-playing game companies. I think it's... Um... Yeah, I wouldn't describe them as a role-playing game company. They appear to be a wholesaler of geek stuff, including... Board games, war games, and like little plastic things, and collectible card games as well. Yeah, yeah, they, they do do RPGs, mm-hmm. but it's not all they do. It's a wide range of. No. of yeah, games. but I read somewhere that they had like a, a massive, massive store, something like a hundred thousand square feet or something, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But I could believe it. Something they really like they've got a lot of stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a proper warehouse-sized store. They um, do have a massive one. It's near Madison in Fitchburg, Wisconsin, if I've passed that correctly. Yeah. So there you go. I think and it's owned by Cleveland Brown, apparently. I think it's no. good that they're unionising. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Because the things they're saying, right. they're talking about low pays, not getting paid sick days, um, mm. not what? low number of paid days off. And I don't... Yeah. I, and, I mean, I'm from the UK, so I don't know if this is just a bit of working in America. Because from what I understand, working in America, you're really just at the mercy of what your employer feels like I think doing. It varies. I think it varies from state to state. Yeah. I think the rules are very different from one state to the next. Yeah, but it's a bit more... It's not as brutal... It's a bit more brutal than it is over here in the UK. So, yeah, you're very protected by the law over here. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think that's good that they're, like, unionising, yeah. working together and saying, hey, we would like to... Please be paid well, and if we're sick, we would also like to not go bankrupt. Please and thank you. Mm, that seems yeah. like a reasonable request. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Call me a radical yeah. liberal or whatever. Do we have any more news? Yes. So it's more kind of industry-ish news. So it's kind of kind of a bit adjacent. So publishers, Penguin Random House and Simon and Schuster, really big publishers. Mm. They do loads of books. They do. They do. Uh, some RPG industry books and they have like agreements with Wizards of the Coast so it's linked in that way but they were going to do a big merger so the two companies were going to be one mega corporation Mm. Um, but the US Department of Justice was like no stop that right Mm. now you're not Mm. doing that yeah. So it's only like four or five big book publishers in the US and that's why so two of the really big ones joining together really does Yep. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what they said. Because I imagine Penguin Random House and Simon Schuster were like, oh, but US Department of Justice, why? And the US Department of Justice was like, well, we think the effect of the purchase may be substantial to lessen competition in the market for US publishing yeah. rights. And they were like, yeah. oh, fair. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, Is that what they were like? They were like, oh. Fair, yeah. I was, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. Um, yeah. Well, they yeah. get the Random and Penguin House not too long ago. They got together. Yeah. Like that, that's that's not like hugely recent, but it's pretty recent. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and they missed the opportunity to call themselves Random Penguin. <laughs> a, random, a random penguin house. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, so so that also happened as well. So hmm. that's a bit hmm. of uh, industry oh, f- Free League have announced a new game. Oh. Well, well, it's not a, a new game, but it's the hardcover release mm-hmm. of Cyborg. Which is the cyberpunk version <laughs> of Morkborg. Yes. Um, so uh, it doesn't already exist. It was kickstarted like last year sometime. Like November last year. So. Like a lot of free league mm. stuff, it did really, really well. It had thousands and thousands of backers. PDFs already out. Mm. Um, it's, there's a load of OGL stuff out there because they're very generous with their license with Morkborg. So there's a whole load of mm. compatible stuff already produced by third party, you know, yep. publishers. But the actual official hardcover release of the thing mm-hmm. is about to come out. Mm. So you can pre-order it now. It's coming out, I think, no, mid-November. So what is it now? It, oh, it's November yeah. now, isn't it? 15th yes. of November. Yeah, so in like 11 yeah. days. Mm. Yeah. Um, so Cyborg is basically cyberpunk Norkborg. So it's kind of like an OSR-style kind of rules-light metal kind of... I, I, I'm interested. I'm interested. What what I need to know is if I'm going to get mm. the Cyberpunk experience, are mm. there pages and pages and pages of tables for me to choose the very best guns and cyberware from? 
Well, there's 60 random tables for your every cyberpunk need, apparently. I don't know if... <laughs> that, 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 that's that, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. But like, if I don't have my gear to go shopping for, am I even playing a cyberpunk game? Uh, I mean, it does say rules light. Well... It says rules light, rage heavy. It, it does say the game is about climate collapse and out of control, control consumerism. So, mm, yeah. and also the commodification of personal data, late stage capitalism, transhumanism, and senseless violence. So it's just like mm. a modern day setting. It, it sounds like Twitter to me, but that's <laughs> yeah, that's I, what I was saying. It's just like a yeah. modern day current <laughs> oh. setting. I wouldn't know. I haven't been on Twitter for well over a month. Probably less, and I do feel better for it. Mm. Good. Um, did we mention last week that Cowboy Bebop role-playing game was uh, on Kickstarter? Russ, it's Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> Bebop, sorry. Cowboy we, Bebop. I, don't I, think, I think we did. We mentioned it when it launched or yeah. when it was about to launch. Oh, was launch. that a couple of weeks ago? Oh, yeah, because yeah. it ends in a, in a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, so, so we, we have yeah. mentioned that. There's Kids yeah. on Bikes Second Edition is uh, is on Kickstarter at the moment. Oh, cool. Oh, really? It's literally about to end. It's only got a few days left to go. Oh, Okay. Um, but, but it's uh, made $130,000 so far. Nice. So it's done well. It's a core rule book, second edition, um, $45 for the, uh, for the print and PDF. Um, I like, I like the idea of kids on bikes. There's quite a lot of kids on bikes genre games. Yeah. Mm. Like kids on bikes is the one called kids on bikes. But also yeah. on Kickstarter at the moment, there's one called Pine Box Middle School. And the cover of that has some kids on bikes as well, so it's a is is a is a it's a popular genre. But kids on bikes is kind of like the yeah yeah. I guess Stranger I, Things gave it a bit of a resurgence yeah, as well. I guess but it, so, yeah. that's a very eighties trope as well. Is it a but bunch of kids is, saving the basically. world? Yeah, that's where, it, that's where it comes yeah, from. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kids riding around on bikes. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a bit of a crowded market for rules like role playing games at the moment. It's uh, I think it's very hard for designers to find a point of differentiation. Like yeah, I mean, yeah, well, you just, the differentiation is your setting rather than your rules, isn't it, when you're a rules-like game? Well, yeah. I guess, I mean, and even that, I think a lot of people are struggling. I've seen some mm. interesting stuff. It's just like getting it, get, getting getting to the table is the tricky part, as always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there any Kickstarters that caught your eye? I, I, yeah. I did see something that did make me smile a lot. It was the Copy Editor's Guide to writing D&D by uh, Danny Kodacek. That's on DM okay. Skilled, which I don't normally look at. But mm. it's like, a, do you know your hanging indents for your inline subheads? Is it hit points? In two words, hit points, or one word, or hit points. Two words, capitalise. What is the difference between making a saving throw and succeeding on saving throw? Uh, and it's just like a little dollar worth of stuff about how to... Um, make your D and D copy look good, which I think yeah. is pretty think, nice. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes a, me happy. <laughs> but with D and D and Pathfinder as well, was about, like the three point X era of all that sort of mm. stuff. The formatting of stuff is so precise. Mm. Like you know, spell names have to be italicized and mm. not. You don't use any capital letters in them unless it's a proper name. So it's all lowercase. Magic items all have to be in italics as well. And this has to be bold. This has a colon at the end of it, but this has a period. You know, it's, it's, it's very, very specific about an awful lot of stuff. Right. Which, if, you, if, you, if you're not familiar necessarily with it, you can, you know, it can be quite easy to mess all that up. Yeah. And I think to people who are used to the format, even if they're not consciously used to the format, it is a little jarring when you suddenly mm-hmm. see spells and maybe they're not 
in yeah. italics or they're not in lowercase or something. You might yeah. not realise why, but you think it looks different or it feels different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, it just, it's just nice. I mean, it seems like a good way if you're trying to design mm. or physician or maybe even advanced physician, it could be a good way to go. Yeah. yeah. There's also things like just the way you phrase certain things and Ooh. all sorts of stuff. Yes. And, you know, how, how you abbreviate certain things. And, yes. You know. One so, must gain an expertise die. You don't get an expertise die. You don't get given <laughs> an expertise die. You gain it. I remember that phrase. You, appro- you appropriate an expertise die. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're playing a high level drone. <laughs> one, one acquires an expertise die. One liberates an expertise die. Ah, that's the Heralds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. Uh, enough geeky copy edits of humour before Jess yeah. actually falls asleep. <laughs> it's not a comment on you. It's just, you know, I'm yeah. just recovering from the COVID. I have a Kickstarter that I've seen that looks quite Do good. Do tell. Um, Kariko, A Magical Year. Have you seen that one? Mm-hmm. So I have not it's a tarot-driven them. story game of, like, Ooh. novice witches, urban exploration, and teenage drama. And it's it caught my eye because it's for one player. Mm. So it's solo RPG, which is a genre I am just starting to look into and explore because it's something new to me. And it's heavily inspired mm. by Kiki's Delivery Service. So if you're a fan of like Studio Ghibli film and that short Ooh. genre, this is going to mm. speak to you as well. And yeah, it just uh, the fact you use a deck of uh, you use a book and a deck of tarot cards to explore the city, and uh, yeah, and so it just seemed something very different from the campaigns I'm currently playing because the campaigns I'm playing at the moment are like. Uh, woofer up and have a look advanced fifth edition, which are quite like let's be heroes mm. and go fight and kill mm. things. Whereas this is just like, oh, let's ride around on a magic witchy bicycle and meet some residents in a town. And I'm like, that sounds lovely <laughs> <laughs> for a change of pace. It's done really well. Yeah. It's like uh, over 200,000 uh, great British pounds as well. It's got over 6,000 backers. So a lot of mm. other people are quite interested. Nice. And it looks, yeah, it looks very, very cute. This does end in like three days, though. So if you're hearing this over the weekend, you'll need to run and grab it because it's not long left. With that, I think we've probably done the news, haven't we? Right. Uh, are we all gathered? Good, good. Uh, so now, what did uh, you call this meeting for? So we're here today to discuss the conduct of Billy the Rogue. Indeed. Frankly, Billy's contributions to the party have been, shall we say... Inadequate of late. He hasn't climbed a wall in weeks. I can't remember the last time he picked a lock. And as for disabling traps, well, he's been shirking that duty ever since he died. Wait, what? Yeah, I mean, we've been having to resort to magic to circumvent all their little pitfalls and rolling boulders. It is quite frustrating and an unacceptable drain on resources. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What? What did you say? Well, we said we'd had to use up our limited spell slots to take up the slab. No, no, before that, you said Billy was dead? Right, right, yes. Frankly, that's the only thing keeping him in this adventuring company right now. So the the fact that he is dead? Well, yes, I mean, we'd be making allowances for a situation thus far, but it's becoming untenable. (laughs) His situation? Yes, his current condition. If it wasn't for that... He'd been out on his ear, I can tell you. But he's dead! Well, yes, yes, we just said that. Yes, do try and keep up. But how? When? Oh, do you remember that Borog? Back in the summer. What? Back in the summer? He's been dead for four months. Indeed. Anyway, what are we going to do about him? Hmm, 
This negligence cannot go on. But, but he, he was, he was my best friend. Why, why did nobody tell me? I just assumed he'd tell you. He's your best friend, after all. Mm, I'd tell my best friend if I was dead. Oh, cheers, mate. Yeah, but he is dead. I wish you wouldn't fixate on that minor detail. We're here to discuss Billy's conduct. His conduct? He's bleeding dead. Well, only fatally so. I think we should vote whether or not to expel him from the party. Okay, what part of dead? Do you not understand? You can't expel him. He is dead. I am pretty sure that being dead doesn't make one immune to expulsion. Here, check the rules. Mm, nope, nope, nothing here about being dead. That looks like we're in the clear. Very well. All those who vote to expel the Billy say yay. Yay. That's two yays, and all those who vote to keep in the group say nay. I'm, I'm not voting. This is obscene. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Um, so that's an abstention. Mm-hmm. Two yays, one abstention. The motion is passed. Billy is out. No, Billy is dead. He is demised, deceased, departed. Yes, and frankly, we noticed it has impacted his performance unacceptably. I, I can't believe this. this. This is ridiculous. I agree. Oh, yes. Neglecting your duties because of a minor medical condition. We're better off without him, frankly. Are we, are we at least going to bury him? Ah, uh, bottom of a fiery chasm, I'm afraid. Oh. A, a, a memorial service, then? Ooh. Do we have gold in the party treasury for a memorial service? I think we can wrangle that. Well, that's something, at least. We can, you know, give him a proper send-off. Really? I don't understand what it is you're so upset about. Oh, I don't know. Just like, you know, normal, basic human emotions. The sort of things people have if they're not sociopaths. Hmm. Bit rude. Oh, yes. Totally uncalled for. You know what? Right, that's it. I, I quit. What do you mean you quit? I mean, I quit. I'm leaving. I'm going to join another fellowship or, you know, one with some actual fellowship in it. Oh, that's a bit extreme, don't you think? Yeah, we were only joking. Only joking? Oh, yes. You didn't believe we meant it, did you? Oh, oh you really had me going there. <laughs> it was quite a good jape. Oh, yes. There isn't really any budget for a memorial service. <laughs> <laughs> Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget... Patreon.com slash Morris. Can I go now? Okay, so our topic of the week this week is Dragonlance, but more specifically, because Dragonlance is getting a big update for Wizards of the Coast, and we don't yet know how that update is going to change mm-hmm. the law and the setting. Mm-hmm. But there are some elements of Dragonlance which, shall we say, haven't dated especially well, to put That's... it mildly. We don't know what Wizards is going to be doing in mm-hmm. like three weeks when when Dragonlance hardcover comes out, what they'll have changed, what they'll have 
fixed, not fixed. We, you know, so this is all mm. speculation and stuff like that. But what we do know is what was in Dragonlance in the eighties, mm. right? And what 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 elements of Dragonlance in the eighties are somewhat problematic. Mm. Yeah. So where to start? So for me, the big, the, the one of the obvious ones is Riverwind and Goldmoon mm. and the Plains people. Yes. What's the so these for me who is knows nothing about it and is going to get into dragonlance now? So there's now. the plains of Abyssinia, and this is very much coded as Native Americans, mm. very much so. Okay, yeah, right. As in even even like headdresses and feathers and oh, wow. the way they dress, yes. the way they live, everything. Mm. So okay. very much, very much coded as that. Um, but they're referred to as barbarians, barbarians of the plains, right? Mm. So met yeah. in like a negative kind of oh they don't know yeah, any better in a negative context right yeah okay uh, and also I have to and say, in some uh, places whitewashed as well yeah. not always but in some places like Goldmoon who's the primary yeah. plains person protagonist of Dragonlance is blonde and pale skinned yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so, <laughs> because that's just how they roll apparently yeah 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 Riverwind isn't I believe Riverwind is more sort of he's he's darker but yeah. but quite frankly like has a pair they are. Pretty boring okay. characters. So, so yeah. they, I, I mean, I remember the names. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, you are right. They're not. They're not the most interesting characters in. Dragonlance, so so they have this but, culture that's like based on Native Americans that probably wasn't written yes. by anyone who was a Native American and is being done through quite a negative white lens. Yes, kind of. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Those are good. I, I don't think I mean, they're like I'm not saying setting up to a hatchet job. Yeah, there's certainly no maliciousness going on here. Yeah, it's, it's just it is just people. It's like, but it's the ignorance. It, it was the eighties, and yeah, yeah, it but was, it's yeah, so, okay. it's like, yeah, you know, so usual fit sort of thing. But so, yeah, I mean that one, that one comes up quite a bit though. The whole plains people being mm. referred to as barbarians and they're coding as Native Americans is uh, yeah. yeah, is a problem. And I, I can't. I'm trying to imagine what was it is going to do about that because they could go two ways with that. Yeah, they could either lean into the uh, the Native American, we call it. Oh, no, I was going to say the opposite. But the, no, I was going to, well, yeah, both, I was going to say both ways. So yeah, they can lean into the Native American aspect of it, yeah, and yeah. make sure that that's done respectfully by appropriate people, yeah. and do that really well, yeah, and that basically be retconning a bit of a corner of the Dragon Dance world. Mm-hmm. But they could do that. Yeah, I mean, the people who wrote Coyote and Crow would probably be happy to accept money for this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, they either have done or haven't at this point because the book's mm. about to come out. But, um... Yeah. Uh, alternatively, they could yeah. lean the other way and remove all of the Native American trappings and just remove the problem altogether. Yeah. So that's the two ways they could go. Well, they could choose a third way. Or they could just do nothing. Make it just keep worse. It as it is. Yeah. Just lean in to make it worse. And then if people complain, just remove all the content and say, look at what these terrible woke people did. They made us remove all this content that you could have <laughs> had, except the wokes came and took it away from you. Yeah, I don't think Wizard of the Coast is going to say that. But um, that's, more works, t- no. that's, more of a, that's more of a new TSR. Someone line, on the uh, internet will say that, though. <laughs> Someone on the internet will certainly say it, yeah. Ah. Um, so they could do other... T- I think it would be interesting if they did do the Native American... Yeah. ...lean correctly and respectfully. Ooh. I that, be good and, you know, it could be a good representative kind of way of doing it, depending on who they got to write it. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, if it's done, if they, they well. actually wrote it well, that would be really nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would love to see that. That'd be pretty cool. Mm. Oh. Yeah. So that's 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 probably the first thing that springs to mind for me when it comes mm. to 
Because uh, I noticed it because I've, mm-hmm. I've just been listening to the audiobook of Dragons of Autumn Twilight. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I've, I've only literally gotten as far as the meeting in the um, inn in Solace so far, right at the beginning. Yeah, that is right, right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, there's a. Yeah, there's. Yeah. It's, People well, are like rocking up. It, yeah, I'm at one dog walk. So. Yeah, I'm at one, one dog walk into listening to it. So that's what I'm trying to listen to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, um, but all, and, uh, Riverwind and Goldwind have just come in and, you know, it's already saying barbarians from the plains and mm. talking about the feathers and things like that. It's very, very clear. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite overt. Mm-hmm. So that, so there's that. Yeah. So the other one is gully dwarfs comes up quite a bit. Oh, tell me about gully dwarfs. So this Ooh. is a type of dwarf. Yes. Okay. You've got hill dwarves and you've got mountain dwarves. It's like a subclass yeah. dwarf, okay. And, got, and, and those are dwarves. respectable dwarves, yeah. Dark dwarves. Well, then yeah. you've got gully dwarves who are basically... How best to describe them without using horribly ableist language and tropes? Oh, yeah. no. Really? They, they're, yeah, they're not... They're not generally portrayed as... Um, you, you know all those things you associate with dwarves? Yeah. Yeah, like they're miners, they're good at singing, they, yeah, they're yeah. good at crafting right, so things. They're all good stuff. Yeah, they they don't do any of that. They're right. sort of like very. It's like if you took the worst parts of goblins. Well, it's, basi- it's, it's basically they, it's a put it entire a race of dwarves, which they basically say all have an IQ of about thirty. Oh, yeah. so they're like and the personal hygiene and social manners to go with it. Yeah, and like, and it comes across very much an ableist. Oh wow! Yeah, and the entire yeah. and the entire race is like that. Yeah, developmentally challenged dwarves. Yeah, uh, it's like they, and I, I, I mean, they they tried. They acknowledge in in the book that actually this is not okay, and mm. was a, a major plot point. And I apologise for the spoilers, so we should probably put spoilers warning. But one of the major plot points is that Raceland, the mage, who is not like a good guy, but he's not. He, he's definitely... He's definitely not a good guy. He's definitely... He's not a good guy. He's the opposite uh, of a good guy. Whatever the opposite of a good guy is, Mason is that. Well, I, I can't really <laughs> describe him as a villain, but... He's, he's a totally a villain! How's he not a villain? Oh, okay. Sure. Um, at this stage, he's not full-fledged villainy, but he does feel compassionate. He's on the path towards it. Because he's got his own problems with disability, in that one of the defining... There are two defining features about Raceland. Uh Well, he's a mage, which is fine. And he has a terrible curse on him, so his eyes always make everything look like they're falling into decay. And also, he has a nasty cough. I said, why? Like, uh, it's he's like got, he's, a, got per- he's got permanent COVID. Oh basically. man, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's not an entirely unfair description. And so, like, you know, he's aware of his problems and his disabilities, and people do treat him differently. And his like the friction between him and his brother, who is in much better health is very much a, something that they do rely on quite heavily. So looking at like how people treat disabled people differently, it's something, in fairness, that I think they did quite well. Like, not perfectly, but certainly with more compassion than in a lot of media at the time. So again, race then, when confronted with these girly dwarves who everyone regards as... Lesser than, yeah. Deeply, deeply lesser than. Okay. Like, nobody likes mm. them. Like, goblins look down on them and think they're a bit bit rubbish. So, but he develops a relationship with one and comes to feel something for them. Like, you know, that they mm. are actually deserving of care and compassion. So, mm. yeah, like, the representation is 
not great, but I feel I, I see I feel I see that what they were trying to go with there. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do you think that's fair, Russ? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, mm-hmm. So, Dragon Arts is um, s- supposedly based on Mormonism, isn't it? What? Like the authors or Tracy Hickman. Tracy Hickman. <laughs> Tracy Hickman is a Mormon, and there's okay, a lot okay. of Mormon elements in there. Apparently, now, I'm not familiar enough with Mormon stuff to say whether that's true or not. I honestly couldn't say. I have just seen this come up time and time again over the years. People have said this to the extent where I'm like, people have said it so often, there must be some truth to it. But I literally know nothing. I've saw the Book of Mormon. I don't know if that's... But that's about as far as I know. Yeah, so I'm not not familiar enough with that religion to recognise the tropes that may be in Dragon. Let me have a quick Google and see if... Is it uh, it just that the writer is Mormon and therefore their reference points lean into that? In the way that mm. whenever you have a writer from any culture, religion, place, they're influenced by their upbringing, by their reference I, points. I mean, the thing that I guess would be the most obvious thing to me would be, mm. to my very limited understanding, not having formally mm. studied it, mm. uh, it's that Mormonism is derived from um, holy texts which were carved onto metal plates which were then recovered and translated. Mm. And Goldmoon discovers the book of what's it, Meshachal, that was mm. carved onto like some discs. So that's that, so maybe it's that just little elements thing. like that that people are talking yeah. about. Then I, I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't. I I I personally do not see an immediate connection, but I don't know. So yeah. no, I don't. Um, either. I don't. Mm. I'm I mean, just so, mentioning that I, I, it's something I've heard a lot, but maybe we don't I, know yeah, enough about it enough to, to you know, recognize yeah. it. I, I, I mean, a bit which we could talk about, which is quite disturbing. And Jessica, you're probably at this stage not going to read the books, are you? I will not. I, so I'm not going to read them. So carry on. Okay. Well, in which case, as I say, spoilers for this thirty-year-old uh, series. But uh, so we talked about draconians in the book. But she is going to play in a campaign. Yeah. Fine. Well, <laughs> I, I'm not going to worry about that. A live stream to come back. Yeah, but I can not metagame. Character and player knowledge okay. can be All right, Yeah, it's not really something you can metagame about. But So these Draconians, who are these strange new villains, and like whole armies of them have been created, and they do things like they turn into stone or explode or all sorts, right? Mm. These are actually created from the eggs of the good dragons, which have been taken and corrupted to be evil. So it's actually all about massacring the enslaved children of the good dragons through whole piles of the book. So that is maybe kind of a problem element, um, considering like making a whole slave race to do your evil bidding is not such a good idea. So I don't know. It feels like a Darth Vader thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty, di- it's pretty damn evil. So yeah, it's got that going. Um, mm. And like, so if you are sensitive to issues around child abduction, then that could be a problem for you um, because it's yeah, it's like really horrible. They don't like dwell on it too much, but it is there. Mm. I mean, one of my questions as well is like, because it's the eighties, and any piece of work that comes from that sort of time. I'm always like, hmm, how are women represented in this, if present at all? So women tend to be... There's quite a few women there. I'm certain, c- certainly in case of the art. 
I mean, I think you nah. you know what eighties ah. fantasy art of women is like. Is so it it's all it's, it's all like yeah, that. Oh, so much people. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it does depend. I mean, who who's in who's in the Fellowship of the Lance? You got Taz and Taz the Kender, Flint the Dwarf, Tannis Half Elven, Caramon and Racing Majir, uh, Stern Brightblade, so the Human Knight. Six men so far, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Riverwind and Goldmoon. Mm-hmm. I got up to eight. Yeah, one uh, more. Oh, and we've got Tika, who is a barmaid, and her favourite weapon is to use a serving platter to thwap people with. A skillet, I believe. A it? skillet. There we go. Skillet. Yes, yeah. She's yeah. stab hand, which uh, which I take as like like a big plate, big metal plate that she mm. hits people very hard with, which yeah. she then graduates and, using a shield because swords are too complicated for yeah. her. And the only other sort of yeah. no, right. sort of notable women I think in it, unless I'm miss, missing somebody, is Kitty Ara yeah. and Tarkesis. Yes, I mean Tarkesis is the major enemy, so she's got that going for her. But yeah. she doesn't get a lot of screen time for obvious reasons. No. Yeah, but is that it? Is it literally Goldman, Tika, Kitiara, and Tarkesis? You're forgetting uh, Lorana. Lorana, of course, and Lorana. Yes, yes. Two of yeah. these women exist to serve as uh, love interests for Tanis specifically, and the other one is basically Caravan's love interest as well. <laughs> so, oh, of course. I mean, technically, Riverwind is Goldman's love interest. But obviously, there's not a lot to choose well, with. Yes, the Caraman is t- t- technically Tika's love interest as well. It goes both ways. Yeah, well. yeah, sure, sure. That that's how it's written. <laughs> yeah, 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 Russ. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, there are female characters. They have speaking parts. I don't know if this if the books pass the Beckdale test. <laughs> mm. uh, <laughs> I mean, all, all of the female characters are very competent. Oh, that's good. That's, that's a, you know, they're all extremely, they're all kind of like sexy competent, if you know what I mean. They'll, they'll be really competent while wearing skimpy clothes and, you know, that, you know, you know the sort of trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you well, I mean. If you're going to have a woman there, she has to be attractive. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's been a while, but I don't that's, think that's the art really is. Yeah, the, the art did, did, did no favors. Uh, I mean, Kitiara mm. is actually, uh, was previously a mate. But again, spoilers is a dragon lord, um, and is leading whole armies. Mm. Um, but is just unable uh-huh. to resist Tannis's uh, bushy half elven beard. <laughs> wow! Uh, they, they, they went into she a lot of detail human. in. Fo- they went into, uh, and he's but half elven, and they talked a lot about boots. And I'm like, huh? These people are seriously into boots. Mm. <laughs> I was like, this is it. Okay, adults are weird. What about Tannis half elven? He's a half elf, so he's called Tannis Half Elven. It's like me being called Russ Human. It's like, it's like it's such a strange, strange way to you, you identify never, you yourself. You've never met anyone called Man. And also, he grew the beard <laughs> so yeah. that people wouldn't realise because it was a slight disguise because elves weren't popular in some of the places yeah. he was going. Yeah. I, I literally just listened to this. But called himself Tannis Half Elven. <laughs> So, yeah, you need to work on your disguise. Just, just your last name, at least. Uh, I, 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 Tannis Smith, Tannis Jones, or something. Tannis, holy human. <laughs> yeah, Tannis, giving him a Tannis, Tannis, I'm a human gub, honest. Human man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm a human gub, look at my beard. Ah, yeah, yes, on the Slavian, <laughs> I'm a human gub, honest. <laughs> so I believe I know that family. Yeah. 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 I mean. Phew. I think that's pretty much like we say problematic elements of Dragonlance. That's kind of it, really. So I mean, those, if there are other things, I'm not sure what. So they if are. you were doing a Dragonlance campaign and like updating it, you would kind of probably leave those bits out, or what would you do? So what would I do? So if you had 
Oh, well, of course, there's the kingdom as well. But that's problematic in a slightly different way. They're, 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 they're more of a nightmare. Um, mm. But I don't really know quite where they're drawing. I can see you could run into problems if you decided to uh, draw on well, stereotypes. Well, I think, I think the idea of a monoculture of kleptomaniacs is a bit weird. That is deeply weird. Um, yeah. I'm worried if that's like meant to be a take on gypsy, Romany and traveller culture, because that is often slur associated with them, which is very unfair. Um, I've never I, seen any particular link yeah, between... I mean, it's not like travelling around in caravans or anything like that, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, but they are definitely nomadic. But they do have wanderlust, don't they? They kind of have wanderlust, yeah. and they yeah. go off wandering and... I don't know. Maybe and, and, and they talk about how everyone wants to stab Kenders every time they see them. It's like, well, you know, that's a problem. Mm. I mean, but on the other hand, it is they are like tiny kleptomaniacs, and I would also mm. want to stab them because they keep on stealing the so stuff. So, how, how, how I would address these issues then? Yes. So, start start going backwards because we're on Kenda right now. Yes. Kenda wouldn't be kleptomaniacs, but they would be, you could keep the curiosity mm. and yes. manifest it in that way. So, occasionally, you get, if a Kenda happens to be of a rogue class, they could be one that steals stuff. Yeah. Just like a human could. Mm-hmm. But they don't have to be kleptomaniacs, but they too don't, they would tend to be curious. Yeah, it, think, it's the stealing stuff and the no sense of fear, which gets translated into no sense of survival instinct. Which, or no sense of consequence. That's yes. Is, yeah. Exactly, you, which then leads into a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. You, and basically, you, they're just a troublemaker. You could have a culture, you could say it's like, oh, they're from a culture where. You don't have individual ownership, so the concept. Well, yeah, they do. That is correct. That is correct. That is their culture. They, you don't. Because then that, that would make a bit of sense that that you're not used to this is mine, that's yours. So you just if something's there, you need it, you use it. But obviously, if you go mm. into a town and another culture and do that, the first time you do that, and everyone's like, "Whoa, that's not okay." You would stop doing I that, think, wouldn't you? You'd be like, yeah, "Whoa, what's uh, going and on?" And also, yeah. the kind of tend to like pickpocket you and stuff. Yeah. Which I don't necessarily think is quite the same thing, is it? Like sitting yeah, a hand yeah. in your pocket to see what you got. Yeah, yeah that's different from I, just I, not having a concept that that's not yeah. mine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and also, the thing that was, I could see being really irritating is stealing people's stuff and then saying it was yours all along and genuinely believing that. Like they're in a state of permanent gaslighting. Yeah. Which is so like. So Kendo, yeah. but, so Kendo but, are just more annoying. Tweak, than yeah, you could tweak else, that so. culture just to be, I'm used to everything being a communal resource. And yeah. so I act that way, and you don't have to be an ass about it. Like the person could yeah. just like Tumblr. I think they there was that Tumblr post going around talking about the same idea, but for goblins, where mm. they don't have the concept of individual property mm-hmm. and mm. um, accusing someone of being saying the word thief translated into goblin is someone who hoards things that they don't need, mm-hmm. mm. which is a grave and violent insult. So it would lead to like you know, all sorts of shenanigans and excitement. Mm-hmm. So that. That might be something to do. I think for Kenda, I would suggest people just play a curious halfling and just leave it at yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I don't think I don't think I'd say any more than that. Just a halfling yeah. and probably make it, make them a little curious and just leave yeah, it at that. Yeah. Right. Uh, would you would you uh, would you put mechanics in to reward curiosity, or would you make a special destiny? Uh, not necessarily. Yeah, it's like do destiny. So they just have to role play. Yeah, do it with a destiny. Yeah, maybe. But okay. yeah, not necessarily. I just yeah. let them role play it how they want, I guess. Yeah. And try not to be annoying. Yeah. I guess is the way to... <laughs> All right. So that's, yeah. that's how we fix that. All right. How? All right. What would you do? For, what were the other things we're talking about? Like gutty dwarfs. How would we fix gutty dwarfs? Uh, well, I think it's like trying to dig into why they are so discriminated against. Well, I would make them not so well, part, sort of like part, part of their problem is that they. 
What about the not, not disabled, for a start? Well, I don't think erasing disabled people is the way forwards, but I see what you're coming from. Yeah, okay. But it's like, um, what, what, what is it that makes them, like, because in the books, a lot of the way they talk is, like, they deliberately use very simplified speech. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that seems like that's probably not okay, but it's like, yeah. What what is it that makes a gully dwarf? It's like I don't know. You're a socially disadvantaged dwarf. Yes, that's what I was thinking. If, mm. you, if you if you change that to social disadvantage, so it doesn't have to mean that any you don't have to have a particular intelligence level or anything like that. You are just there a subclass of dwarves which have yeah. a particular. But, but I just get what Peter was just saying about representation. Yeah. There. Hmm. But I don't think a race. Like a whole is heritage, the way to yeah. Be, yeah. yeah. Is, is the way to represent because yeah. that's that, saying that everyone from this race has these traits and yeah. inherent things, yeah. which isn't isn't how disability Ooh. works and isn't how yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and just mm. yeah, that, that that's got like a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah. I, do. so I don't think yeah. So I don't think necessarily does. I mean, not I'm not really the person to say, but no. I don't. My gut feeling isn't that's the, that's not the way to represent. Yeah. So so how would you, so it's basically it's dwarves who. Are looked down upon by other dwarves. Yeah. Uh, so I guess maybe that's outside the scope of this podcast, but like digging into where mm-hmm. this comes from, sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you could they can be uneducated without being. Yeah. Like, you know, so like they maybe they're not into digging and stuff, or maybe they're like yeah. know, more naturist dwarves. Yeah. Maybe they just yeah. choose to cut yeah. their beards off, and the other dwarves find that scandalous. Because in dwarven, in other dwarven culture, the beard is an element of pride. So if you had a different dwarven culture where they chose to just shave their beards because that's just culturally what they did, gasp! You could you could do so many things, but yeah, yeah. But they've got short beards and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So gully dwarves, yeah, they're a little tricky, but yeah, I think because a lot of it was that they live in places where nobody else wants to live because everyone else just bullies them there. Well, yeah, yeah. It's a social disadvantage thing, isn't it? Maybe, Maybe they're pacifists. Yeah, I think that's how, how we do it then. We dive into social disadvantage and lack of resources and make that the mm. problem rather than a sort of racial, you know, bioessentialist thing yeah. Yeah. about them. Okay. I yeah. think that's the way you do it. Right. That, that seems uh, reasonable. Um, and also, would you make this an adventuring option? Cuddly dwarves? Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, would you use half again? Or would you use actual dwarf? Um, I think you'd probably... Pick a, it would be yeah. You have to make you it. pick a dwarven heritage and then just have the, the it would be It'd the be culture. A dwarven gift, I guess. Yeah. If it well, depends how you're doing it. If you're doing it in five E or A five E, yeah. In five E, you'd, you'd have to write have to a, a, a national race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which well, because that's what you have to do. You know. Yeah. In A five E, I think you'd make it a, a gift. Yeah, I guess. You so could. what would your what would the positive thing be then? Because you know you're not gonna you're not gonna pick a character with a gift which is just negative. What would the positive thing be? Well, that 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 is the problem. It's very hard to think of anything nice to say about Gully Dwarves. Mm. Um, they're a bit kind. I think maybe rather than looking at gift, it might be an idea to look at culture. Right, yeah, okay. And then work out and so... Well, of course, we get, yeah, of course it's a culture, yeah, not a... It's not a heritage. Yeah, I, I yeah, say, not, so you would just have a... In a five, you'd have a Dwarven heritage. That would be... And they'd yeah. pick from that. And then the yeah. culture would be yes. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the difference. They're, they're just, they're just, they'd be a dwarf or even a half dwarf if you wanted. And yeah, they could do culture. So things like uh, it would focus more on like things like being outside. Maybe they're very resourceful. Stuff. Yeah, survival. Because yeah. they don't, they don't have much. Yeah. Like, because they're in these, yeah. they're, yeah, things. 
they'd be really good at surviving on that, like small amounts of food and so forth. Mm. I mean, there's like lots of bits and pieces that are already existing. I think focusing on supply, gathering food, that's very much where they're at. Uh, being resistant to harsh conditions. Um, yeah, that, that could be a way to go rather than okay. making its own gift. Next was the... Um, women? Women, okay. I was, I was yeah. about to go with Don't the um, Native American stuff, but let's go with women, okay. Um, yeah, that's easy. Just don't do that. Okay, <laughs> next. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's easy to fix. Well, have, no, have, more, so. have, have more notable women in it being competent yeah. rather than just four. You've got Jessica in the game, so that's going to help a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> actual representation there. Well, I don't know. What do you want I, to do? I mean, I, I think there's a huge amount to say with that. I think it's just, you know, having women be present in the story and the campaign usually just, yeah. just fixes yeah. that generally. Um, yeah, and choice of NPCs yeah. is like always a is always one mm-hmm. that I know I struggle with because uh, I said that earlier. I really struggle to do women's voices. Yeah, so I guess yeah, I just yeah, just don't even try. It. Just use your own voice and just change your cadence a little bit. Yeah. I don't know, just so it's not you. Yeah, I mean the problem is trying to do this in fifth edition is going to be very tricky because you're going to have to create. We're running into the Gilly Dwarf problem again, but writ large mm-hmm. because all these areas on about about. Abyssinia. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I, I'm trying not to say Abyssinia because that is actually a place. That is not mm. what I want to say. But yeah, the continent they're from. <laughs> I cannot say it. Oh no. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, uh, you've got humans from all over the place, but they're all supposed to be different. But how? I don't know how I would implement that in 5e. Apart from I would have to write separate. I could either give fluff text, mm. a bit of cream saying, yeah. okay, they're like this. And then leave it up to the players or mm. write cultures for them. And that's sort of why I, I like, I keep on banging on about it. But yeah, because writing cultures is actually a good way to provide that differentiation. Mm. Yeah, tricky. Great. Okay. So that's what you that's would what do with this week. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just, I just, with the whole Amazonian plains thing, mm. so do you think lean into Native Americans properly? Or steer clear of? What would be your choice? Well, for me, because oh, I am not Native I, American, I don't think I yeah. would be the person to do that well. Also, because I'm British, so I don't, I'm not just yeah. as educated and knowledgeable about it. To, yeah. But if you had access to a person that was. If I was creating the book and I was going to hire people, no, yeah. then yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, if I was creating like a book, that, I'd that, get. If you've got access to someone to do it for you, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if I, if I was yeah. hiring. So you, de- so you lean into the Native but American. I, I thought this was just if. Um, if I was like running a game, if I like had yeah, the old, if I had yeah, the old Dragonlance campaign, and I was like, I'm going to run this mm. using, you know, mm. I'm going to modernize it for five e or advanced yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever system mm. I choose. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Just what would I do with that? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I, 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 I wouldn't have go at it myself because I, I don't think I know enough. Mm. I mean, the nearest. But if, you were running like a Dragon Arts, but if you were running a Dragonlance campaign, you'd have to address it in some way. Yeah, I'd have planes people, but I'd try and find a way to make them a bit more interesting. Because right. honestly, like, there's not a lot of information about them, and the bit that the stuff no, that is, true. is not very interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I would just... I, yeah. yeah, they are given short shrift, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, Goldmoon and Riverwind are all the way through. They're not, like, they're like, not well-developed characters. No, no, exactly. It's like, I, I remember the names, which I suppose is good, but mm. they're strong names. So yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know how I do it in five They don't even really feel like part of the core group, do they? No. They always feel a little bit like hangers-on. Well, I mean, to be brutally honest, it feels more like there's a couple of cardboard cutouts 
Like, like, yeah, you, know, you know, like your Drush Dread one, where you have like mm. so it's like they've got those, and they've got them standing around there, and somebody's yeah. like doing like, like little squeaky voices for both the characters from behind them. It's like, mm. it's not, they're not well developed. No. Well, that's what we would do with Dragonlance. Good to know. Yes. And we'll see. And we'll see what Wizards of the Coast do in a few weeks. Yes. Yeah. All right. Until next week. Bye bye. I'm Reba Dirty because I'm learning Italian at the moment. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Well, I just assumed he'd tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I can't work under these conditions. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, there's no sort of professional in this place. Huh. There is no, there, no, there is not. <laughs>